This podcast may include adult content. Welcome to Bound Off, a literary audio broadcast. In this edition, we have two stories, Down There by Jenny Arnold and New Carpet by Andrew Dugas. We started our third year of podcasting short stories, and we love to hear from our listeners. Follow the link at boundoff.com to our news blog, where you can leave comments and find us on Facebook and MySpace. We're always looking for new stories to read out loud. Writers can find our submission guidelines on our website, too. While you're there, you can purchase books by our contributors at the Bound Off Bookstore. Down there, written and read by Jenny Arnold. Listening time, 2 minutes, 30 seconds. Down there, by Jenny Arnold. Hubert had an earthworm down there. Not figuratively. Some pimple-faced kid on an early sexual exploit, ridiculed by a tittering Sheila or Maureen. Oh, Hubert, it's so skinny, it looks like an earthworm. But, quite literally, Hubert was endowed with an earthworm down there. He fastened a homemade jockstrap with a dirt-filled Dixie cup to contain it, and it would wriggle and tunnel and worm around all day in his pants. The Dixie cup, though, was constrictive, and so sometimes, at night or on his days off, Hubert would remove his trousers and jock and climb into a dumpster in the alley behind his house. Earthworms do well with garbage. Hubert's was no exception. Hubert fell in love with an old Folgers can filled with used coffee grounds. There's a lot to be said for pheromones and fresh-brewed aromas, and from the moment Hubert's earthworm sought out the Folgers can in the dumpster, Hubert was head over heels. He named the Folgers can Bernice and brought her home. "'I hope you don't think we are moving too fast,' he said, but Bernice gave no sign of second thoughts. Hubert mounted Bernice on a pool cue planted in a cement-filled milk jug. On weekends, they would bust to the coast. The sea air did wonders for Bernice, keeping her moist and in good spirits. Sometimes the bus driver or coastal picnickers would make snide comments, but Hubert always kept a level head. Someday people will thank us, Bernice, he'd say, for being brave enough to live our lives without shame. And it was true. One day, people would hold rallies and parades. People with anatomies of centipedes and ladybugs and scarabs alike. People in love with coal piles and salt flats and peat garden beds. And somewhere, Hubert would be buried near the coast. His beloved Bernice poured over him. His earthworm wriggled free, helping him to decompose helping Hubert and Bernice to fertilize the earth so the whole beautiful thing could start all over again. Jenny lives in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where she works in a bookstore. She has stories forthcoming in Versal and the Sheep's Head Review. New Carpet, written and read by Andre Dugas. Listening time, 10 minutes. 45 seconds. New Carpet by Andrew Dugas. The Americans stepped out into tropical evening, muted traffic sounds coming through the trim foliage. 
está demorando. It's taking a long time. How curious that the thought arrived first in Portuguese. Perhaps, after so many years, he's finally becoming Brazilian. He strolled around the garden, a patch of faux jungle fronting his apartment building. Big leafy plants, flowering shrubs, and tufts of bamboo surrounded a small patio with stone benches and a fountain. He plucked a ripe blossom from a branch and held it close to his nose, drawing in a sweet perfume. Senor Charles, Antonio, the doorman, called in Portuguese from the main entrance. Won't you be going up? Antonio told the doorway in his blue shirt and carefully pressed pants, his thick arms crossed like a bouncer. No, Antonio, the carpet installers haven't finished yet. Even then, it will be perhaps two or three days before the fumes from the blue. Charles searched for the right word. Dissipate. Why, then, is it Senor waiting? The respectful third person, somehow mocking. Does he know? They might steal something. You never can tell. Charles then looked back toward the entrance. Antonio's bulk walked away, but after a moment he moved aside, letting Charles pass. In Dona Gita? Charles' young wife. Charles looked back at him. Have you seen Dona Gita today? The doorman looked at him for a moment and shrugged. I've only been here a short time. Of course. Donahita is traveling, visiting her mother. As for myself, I've got reservations at the Hotel de Bahia. Don't do too much explaining. The doorman nodded and sat back down at his desk. He glanced up at Charles, then went back to leafing through a magazine. Charles moved back to the door. Antonio made no motion to press the buzzer, so he pressed it himself and stepped back outside. Looking back at Antonio through the glass, Charles could glimpse the two strands of condom blade beads around his neck, one red, the other white, signifying his patron saint, his Orisha, not really a saint, but an African god from the religion brought over with the slaves and later camouflaged with Catholic counterparts, camouflage being the secret of survival. Charles knew Antonio, participating in the ceremonies of the Nitejero, where priestesses the Bayanas, in their traditional white dresses, rolled themselves into ecstasies until the Orishas descended into their bodies, speaking through them and puffing on cigars. Outside the temple, he had seen Antonio practicing capoeira, kicking and flashing at sparring partners while standing upside down with one arm, a martial art camouflaged as dancing, the dancers' bodies wrapped with muscle like steel cables. He poked a finger into his own doughy belly, and lit another cigarette. There were some things here he would never understand, but that only made him feel more Brazilian. Truthfully accepting the incomprehensible was very Brazilian indeed. He had come to Bahia to work for a British engineering firm. Everyone he knew, the foreigners anyway, were British, and he found Britishisms creeping into his speech, beginning sentences with so, and ending them with then. So, it's all over then. So, his wife's having an affair then. So, let's have another drink then. During his last trip to the States, two years earlier for his mother's funeral, he'd found his English clumsy at times. People would give him a strange look when he said the simplest of things, boarding a drink in a restaurant, as if he were saying the right words, but somehow not speaking quite correctly. It was the same look his maid gave him when he spoke Portuguese. He thought about her now, Maria. 
chocolate-skinned girl with dark and penetrating eyes. She wore simple work clothes, but Charles always imagined her in traditional bionic dress, flowing white lace blouses and layered skirts, her head wrapped in a white scarf, bangles and gold earrings against her perfect brown skin. In reality, she was a simple farm girl from the interior with strange country ways, preferring a simple mattress on the floor to a real bed, cold showers to hot ones. She spoke an impenetrable dialect with the other maids and sang low, hypnotic melodies while she worked. He'd given her the day off because of the carpet installers. Gita, Dona Gita, had wanted to fire her. She remembered when she first brought it up. He didn't want to think about that day, but that was when everything started. It was one of those brilliant days, prelude in summer. He was coming around by the lighthouse, taking the scenic drive home, when he spotted the red Volkswagen Gold, his present to his wife on her 25th birthday just the month before. Inside the car, he recognized a silhouette of a blow-dried black mane. In the passenger seat, there was a second silhouette, a young man with dreadlocks. They were kissing. Had that only been last week? It felt like centuries ago. It felt like this afternoon. He had kept driving. He stopped for a quick beer at a sidewalk place, giving her time to get home. She was fighting with Maria about the laundry when he let himself in. Later that night, he just said, she wanted to fire Maria. He argued that she was pleasant enough. The trustworthy maids were hard to come by. Rita snapped her fingers. She could find a better girl like that in her hometown in the interior. Wasn't that where she found Maria? And besides, she was overdue for a visit to her mother and her sisters. A week's trip. Just a week or more. Her hand on his cheek. He lit another cigarette. His holding pattern had brought him back inside the glass lobby. A distant radio playing reggae drums the flick-flick of Antonio turning the magazine pages. Charles caught a glimpse of the doorman's reflection in the glass partition. He was looking back at him, his expression blank. Wait, was he smirking? Even the fucking doorman knows. Was she banging him too? No, he told himself, holding on to his self-control, letting the sudden wave of anger wash away. Maria had probably told him, these people have their own intelligence network impenetrable. The house phone on Antonio's desk buzzed, and he answered. Senior Charles, they are coming down now. Charles walked down the ramp into the white fluorescent parking garage, nodding to the attendant as he passed. Two white VW vans were backed up to the service elevators. Blue-clad workers were closing the side doors. Carlinos, in a white press shirt and jeans, was leaning against the driver's door of the closer van. Charles waited for him to speak, but he said nothing. Well? Carlino shrugged. Charles gestured toward the back of the van. Is the carpet inside? Carlinos nodded. But of course, sir. And the other? Charles searched for a term in the other van. Was there any diff? Carlinos silenced him with a raised palm. Sir, please. Truly a gentleman, so refined as yourself, cannot be interested in the boring details of a simple carpet installation. 
a little glue, a little effort, and in a short time you'll have forgotten that there had ever been another carpet. Charles wanted more. I see. So then, again the raised palm. Please, sir, you really must concern yourself with other matters. You are still healthy and can enjoy life. You certainly have the mind to do so. You have a wonderful apartment with a beautiful view. Surely there are other things more demanding of your concern. One of the assistants shouted something and slapped the top of the van. Carlinus opened the door and hoisted himself into the driver's seat. You are a very fortunate man. What a pity not everyone can appreciate their good fortune. Yes, Charles nodded. Yes, what a pity indeed. Carlinus reached his hand out the window. It was freshly scrubbed and surrounded by a silky haze. Charles moved to shake it. No, senor. The keys. Then he remembered. Of course. He handed Carlinos the keys to the red Volkswagen Gold. It's parked at Baja Shopping Center on the roof level. The parking slip is in the glove compartment. Carlinos nodded and started up the van. A deafening sputter echoed off the concrete walls. Charles set the crumpled flower on top of the van as it pulled away. He caught a glimpse of the old carpet inside, rolled up and bulging like a boa constrictor. He wondered which carpet was which, and almost giggled. What if I set the flower on the wrong van? Antonio looked up at him as he re-entered the lobby. They are finished? Charles' eyes narrowed as they bore into Antonio's. Yes, my friend, all finished. The doorman's glance darted away. He nodded weakly. And Donahita? My wife, my little Hita, is traveling, remember? Again, the eyes looking down and away. If anyone needs me, tell them I'm at the Hotel de Bahia, enjoying a whiskey while the smell dissipates. Maria should be there by now. Yes, sir. Antonio tried to go back to the magazine, his hand shaking. Antonio! Charles said sharply, his eyes hard. The doorman buzzed the door open and rose to hold it for him. The American stepped out into the tropical evening air, thinking he had finally, perhaps, become Brazilian, or maybe something else entirely. Andrew Degas' writing has appeared or is forthcoming in Loafers magazine, Edifice Wrecked, Unlikely Stories, Oysters and Chocolate, Bear Creek Haiku, Minotaur, Misnomer, and Poems Niedengrasse, among others. Thanks for listening to Bound Off, copyright Bound Off and the respective authors. All rights reserved. Visit our website at boundoff.com for more information.